Welcome back. Good to have you on this Monday. Breaking down the NFL draft and the Packers' place in it. Hopefully you're enjoying your day this rainy, craptastic day. But as far as optimism reigning supreme for the Green Bay Packers, many hoping that Jordan Love is the real deal and that they got him enough help to be able to be successful. Let's talk about that draft uh, yet again. Our good friend John Cooper from Our Lads Scouting Service back with us. John, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. So, like, first of all, let's let's just talk Green Bay Packers overall. How do you think this team did? I think it did well. I think, uh, you know, they had a lot of picks, uh, you know, getting some of those seventh-round developmental players. And, uh, you know, I think the guys they got at the top of the draft, uh, you know, addressed some needs. You know, they got uh, some offense with their next uh, three players after the edge rusher. And um, that was a need, too. They needed to improve what was going on on the edge, especially with, uh, you know, the injury they had to Gary. So give me your thoughts when you when you look at the uh, the overall draft and the, the weapons that they needed to get around Jordan Love. The two tight ends, Jaden Reed, the wide receiver, those three picks, after going defensively, those three picks specifically, how much of an impact do you think they'll have almost immediately? Because they, they don't have any depth, really, in any of those positions. They got, uh, what is it, I think five wide receivers that were on the on the roster prior to the draft, and they basically didn't have any pass-catching tight ends at all. Right, which is why I like the two picks, you know, at tight end. I think Tucker Kraft could really be something special. He's a developmental player in some ways. But, uh, you know, he flashes ability to block. He's a solid receiver. We think Luke Musgrave, had he been able to finish his season this year, you know, he really, really looked good early until he had the knee injury. You know, he might have been the top tight end in the draft. You know, that's kind of the way we were looking at it. And we said, well, it's just a shame that he got hurt because he was really playing well. I was reading your uh, your report on Reed, uh, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. Is he, because he's only 5'10", he's still got good speed. I watched his 40 runs in 4'3", 4'4", 4'4". So he comes out to a 4'4 speed, but he's only 5'10", and you're going up against, most of the time, bigger now corners. So I wouldn't assume he's going to be a downfield guy. Is he more of a slot guy? Yeah, I think that's probably where his best uh, place is, but he's got pretty good leaping ability, and he can handle uh some of those contested situations. He's got a good catch radius, which is uh, better than that 5'10 size. But he's got a great burst, uh, you know, in, in and out of his cuts. So he's, you know, he's more than a possession receiver. He's got good speed. He can stretch the field. And, uh, you know, I think he can really help both inside and outside. Dontavian Wicks, a wide receiver out of Virginia. Uh, give me a little bit of a lowdown on him as well, your thoughts there when they chose him. Well, I think what hurt him was he had a lot of drops. Uh, he's got, but he's another one with a good catch radius. He's more of a he's going to be a possession receiver type guy. He's got to work on his hands. They're going to have to focus on that uh, that part of his game. He can go up and get it. I mean, he's going to be the kind of guy if they can improve that that uh, will be able to make tough catches on the sideline, outfight defensive backs for for the ball. Uh, I think that's the thing that he, both of those receivers have good catch radiuses for their size. Looks is bigger, but uh, he's going to. But there's going to be a developmental curve with him. 
Now we know that Rashawn Gary being down with any injury, we don't know when he's going to come back. So obviously they go with Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end out of Iowa. They went with the big defensive tackle, Colby Wooden, out of Auburn. They needed another defensive end in Carl Brooks coming out of Bowling Green. The, the, the bolstering of the defense, and specifically when Gudikins went to his postseason presser, he said they didn't get enough pressure on the quarterback, they didn't have enough up front, and they didn't utilize him, at least to, you know, kind of Cliff Notes version. So give me your thoughts on what they did in that area. Well, it looks to me like and like a lot of NFL teams are trying to build a rotation. They don't want to have just two good edge rushers and two interior defenders for your nickel package. They want that nickel package to be to have about seven guys. And that's you're going to play nickel if you're a decent team 75% of the time on average. And so you're going to have a four-man front out there. Although the Packers do use a three-man front, you know, in their in their uh, nickel package, we like to call it a joker package, too. But you're going to have four guys out there, and you and if you're in a game where you're playing well, you want to rush the passer. You want to make sure they can't come back. You want to make sure it's a tight game. You can get to the quarterback, and you want to be able to do it late in games because that's where they're 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 won. And we think Colby Wooden, for example, is a high motor guy that fits in a rotation. He's uh, He's an edge guy that uh, can work inside, so he could be a five technique in their base, but he can be the three technique, as can um, um, your, your Carl Brooks. Carl Brooks is bigger. You know, he's another guy that fits that same mold. They were, you know, kind of like men without a position in some ways. You know, Brooks being projected inside, a defensive end type guy uh, that probably will play tackle in the NFL, and he's going to be a rotation player for the Packers. They hope he can play right away. And I think Lucas Van Ness is the same player, except he's your guy that is going to play all the time. He's going to be your primary, you know, edge pass rusher, you know, coming out of this draft. I think they've improved their their defensive rotation. As you got two rotational guys and you got one guy that's a starter. Although the funny thing was at Iowa, that's what Lucas Van Ness was. He was a rotational player. That, that didn't start games, but he played significant reps and was an impact player in those reps. Talking with John Cooper from Our Lad Scouting Service, O-U-R-L-A-D-S.com is where you can go and see all their stuff. Now, uh, talk, talk, talk to me about Sean Clifford, the, the quarterback out of Penn State. I mean, some thought in the fifth round it was a bit of a reach. Others thought it was a really good value pick at that point in time, considering they really didn't have a backup quarterback on the roster. Give me your thoughts there. Well, there's a run on quarterbacks there, and I think maybe some of the guys that they would have liked to have taken were gone. We we thought uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell would have been a nice pick for them, but he was gone. And uh, so you have to decide, are you going to take Max Duggan or are you going to reach a little bit and take somebody who's got a lot of experience as a starter? Four years at Penn State as a starter, doesn't have the greatest arm strength. He's not a creator uh, necessarily, but he's a solid you know, football player. And yeah, we think that's a little bit of a reach, but, but it's an understandable reach. Every team has to put three quarterbacks on the field every week. And um, he's going to have to, right now, he's going to be one of those guys. And uh, you're going to have to, you're going to try to develop him as a guy that can come in and come off the bench and play for you. And with his experience, uh, compared to maybe some of the other guys that uh, they could have taken, you know, he could fit that mold. The uh, the place kicker, uh, Anderson Carlson out of Auburn, 
Uh, I'm not a big fan of taking kickers in a draft, but we all know the Packers needed one, and anytime you've got one there of substance, you tend to value that particular position because of the points that it can give you, specifically the field position that can be flipped because of kickoffs as well. So give me your thoughts uh, on taking Anders uh, Carlson, uh, the place kicker out of Auburn, in the sixth round. Well, he was down the line a little bit for us. We thought he was more of a free agent kicker, but uh, again, we only had two draftable kickers in our uh, in our book in Moody and Ryland, and we thought those two guys were very good, and they went a little higher than that. So, um, you know, uh, Anders Carlson is a, is a guy that has been effective. Uh, he's been a solid place kicker. There's been some inconsistencies, but uh, you know, they they need a kicker, and I got to believe that that he's going to be their guy but they'll probably bring some other people in, you know, off the street for competition to see uh, if they can't find that player. Give me give me your thoughts on the rest of the division. Start out with uh, the Detroit Lions and what they did. Uh, some love it, some hate it. Give me your thoughts. Well, you know, it was a little puzzling, it, but you understand it a little bit. You know, we knew Ty J. Spears fit their system. Not Ty J. Spears. Uh, 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 the kid from uh, tech, uh, Alabama. Uh, the running Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. yeah, I lost, uh, lost, lost him for a second there. We knew he fit the system, and uh, we didn't know what they were going to do with the running back. We've been injured a lot, of course. They sent him to the Eagles, and uh, that, you know, that changed things a little bit as far as uh, how you view that pick. We still thought it was a little high. Jack Campbell, we think, is a tremendous football player. Um, we think that was a great pick. Uh, we, you know, the, uh, the Lions have two good inside linebackers already, but they're both will linebackers. They're not really their stand in there and take you on type guy. And that's what Jack Campbell is, but he's also a developing player in coverage. And we think, uh, you know, the more we, we look at that pick, we think that's a, a really good, a really solid pick, you know, for them in the first round. And uh, they've improved, you know, with the defensive lineman they got later, you know, they've really Im- improved, you know, the overall focus of their defense. I mean, they want to stop the run. We thought they should have taken a corner somewhere higher in the draft. Uh, we were surprised that a corner wasn't their first pick. Uh, and then, so that, that was interesting. But other than that, you know, the players they got are, are solid. Well, uh, you, you take their uh, the tight end position, and they ended up drafting uh, Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. Now, Hawkinson, we kind of figured last year when they got Hawkinson, they gave him, shipped him off to Minnesota. We thought, you know, uh, they're kind of you know cashing in on the season, and to much to our surprise, they were right in it almost up to the very end and then finally knocked off the Green Bay Packers to end the Packers season. But uh, they restocked, so to speak, and Sam Laporta, many people, including our, our producer Ben Kenny, very, very high on at the tight end position for, as enough, another weapon for for golf, right? Great year for tight ends, and Laporta was one of the better ones as a receiver. So, you know, definitely. Um, so, yeah, they, they helped their offense, you know, with the two players they got. Sam Laporta is is a solid tight end, one of many. And uh, I kind of thought, you know, that might have been a guy the Packers would look at, too. And, uh, you know, and Hendon Hooker, we think down the line, Hendon Hooker might is going to be a very good quarterback. So taking him at, at six, at, you know, at sixty-eight when they got him, that's uh, that to me is a, in some ways a steal. Of course, he's not going to play right away, so you have to consider that as, as a factor. But uh, yeah, they're, they've upgraded their offense. You know, they got a good safety and branch. You know, I still wonder about the corner position. That's the only the only thing I think about there with them. 
Give me your thoughts on the Vikings and what they did in this draft as well, because right now many people pick them to be the top dog in the NFC North coming off the season that they just had. So they didn't have a ton of picks, that's for damn sure. They only had, I think, a total of six or seven. But uh, they went in on another wide receiver. They tried to bolster the secondary a little bit. Give me your thoughts there. Well, they got two good defensive backs, uh, you know, that are solid players, not great. Uh, players, we think Blackman is underrated, and uh, we think that was a nice pick pickup for them. We upgraded him quite a bit from our original board, and Jay Ward, uh, you know, is more of a nickel type guy. So they've they've improved there. Jordan Addison Addison is a solid receiver. He was the fourth best receiver on our board, and he bet, went about where we thought he would. Um, you know, we thought they might do a little bit more quarterback, but Jaron Hall is. Uh, you know, the type of guy that, that's, that's, you know, he's a fifth-round pick, and that's where we had him right in that mold. Uh, they picked up a really nice inside linebacker in free agency, Ivan Pace Jr., one of my favorite players, who I was shocked didn't get drafted. So, yeah, they they some good things, you know, in terms of what they did in draft day and right after it. The, uh, the Bears have been the enigma. They've, they're just trying to put this thing together. Darnell Wright, the big offensive tackle out of Tennessee, they needed frontline help to protect Justin Fields because he was getting the hell beat out of him. Then after that, they went basically defense until they picked up the running back out of Texas in the fourth round, and then Tyler Scott, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. But tell me about this team because I thought they would give more offensive help to Justin Fields, and instead they went more defensive heavy. Maybe they just did the right thing in going best available, but how good will the Bears be? Well, I was surprised at the fact that they didn't take an edge rusher when there were so many good ones, you know, available, I thought, in this draft uh, early. Uh, You know, Gervin Dexter is a guy that has good speed. He's a good interior pass rusher. You know, Zach Pickens Pickens can play the run, so they did upgrade the interior. You know, they passed on Jalen Carter with the trade. Uh, We were surprised that Darnell Wright was their pick. I think Paris Johnson maybe – was the guy they had targeted, and he was gone. And we 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 liked um, Skaransky, um as the next pick. And right, we thought was some inconsistencies, but a higher uh, a higher uh, ceiling. And so maybe the idea there is, hey, we can develop this kid. We can develop him into something special, and uh, we we like the traits. So um, so yeah, they they're still building a team. They're building a defensive. Uh, line rotation. They obviously feel that they can develop some of those pass rushers they have on their team because uh, that's still, to me, one of the areas that they they really need help is, is the edge, and they really didn't get it in the draft. John, great stuff. Always appreciate the insight, uh, and we will touch base with you guys definitely again very, very soon, okay? Okay, you bet. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, John. There you go. John Cooper from Our Lads Scouting Service, O-U-R-L-A-D-S, OurLads.com. That's OurLads.com. Always great to get those guys on. So he said, look, hey, he likes uh, what the Packers did. Uh, there was a couple of guys that might have been you know, rated a little bit higher, but he likes what they did. Uh, the enigma is going to be the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Uh, some maybe we'll say questionable decisions there, at least uh, according to those that do this for a living, so to speak. But uh, which, as uh, a Packers fan, that's what you kind of hope for. Out of all the teams in the division, many fe- seem to feel the Packers probably did the best. So now you wait and see. Now you wait and see. Uh, J.J., you bring up a really good question. He says, my question is, will Green Bay bring in a veteran wide receiver or a veteran quarterback? Um, 
I would say wide receiver, probably yes. You almost have to. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but you, the problem is you don't have a lot of money. So if you're looking for a guy after the June 1st cutdown day, you don't have a ton of money to go out and spend on some guy that's going to get let go because of his salary and his June 1st cutdown day. So I just don't know how much they can actually acquire. Or do you let the, the you know, do you let the group just go out there and do their thing and grow up together? Because you know you're going to take your lumps, but then you've got guys that are veterans that are like, God, I, I don't, I don't want to be, I want to win a championship you know i'm ready to go now so it's 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 a fine line you got to walk in the message you send when you're running a team like gutekinds to say what it is what direction you are indeed going um but it's a great question 877-867-1670 hit us up we're going to start taking phone calls coming back give me your thoughts the milwaukee admirals they they dropped game or they won game one and then game two in their first round of the playoffs against manitoba moose they dropped game two in overtime. They're coming back to the UW Panther Arena. They're going to be back there this Wednesday and hope to see you down there. A lot of fans, a lot of hockey fans ready for this postseason. This team's a good team, and they could have Calder Cup aspirations when it comes to how good their ability actually is. Get behind them. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for all the ticket information. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are looking for a fantastic summer, no better way to get out and enjoy the great state of Wisconsin or anywhere else for that matter than in a Cunis RV, K-U-N-E-S, Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. They are the fastest growing, biggest, and now voted the best, the best in the state of Wisconsin, whether it's a, a travel trailer, motorhome, fifth wheel, camper van, you name it, they've got it, whether it's Jayco, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus, Thor, Heartland. I can go through all the different brands. Because of their size and their buying power, they uh, have so much, so much that's out there. Uh, they take trade-ins. They pay top dollar for the trade-in. They can take consignments as well, and basically at no charge to you when it comes to picking it up and uh, getting it to one of their dealerships. And like I said, they're voted the best. They're very, very proud of the ranking now that they've got everything together and they continue to grow, and they've really expanded the footprint in the state of Wisconsin. They are voted the best. So check out the best. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. And all that they have going on all throughout the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, give us a shout. Uh, let's go to Bob listening to us in Hale's Corners. Bob, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, you doing well. Hey, uh, the one thing, not that I disagree with you about the, uh, the wide receiver, especially getting a veteran, would be nice. But now the draw that there was for Green Bay for so many years playing with a mm -hmm. top-rate quarterback is gone. Yeah, Jordan Love is going to have to show flashes in his first few games in order for Green Bay to start to attract talent without having to pay the Green Bay tax. Mm -hmm. No, I if agree you remember, with you. 
Reggie came for one reason. He wanted to play with Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. 100%. And uh, I I couldn't agree more that you're going to have to you will have to oh if it's a veteran unless he's just flat out looking for a job if it's a veteran you're going to have to overpay to get him here because right, you just, that, it, that it's a great unknown. Well, here's the other thing though. Let's just say um, that Jordan Love is above average. Okay, I'm not talking Hall of Fame, but just above average. Let's just say that you think he's going to be above average for the flash that he showed in the game against Philadelphia. Do you think this team has has the capability of getting to the postseason where they sit right now? Absolutely. I think they can win the division. See, I think so, too. And because the NFC is so wide open, uh, I think that that might be a little bit more of an attraction because you do have the ability to either win the division and or get to the postseason and then kind of show and- you where is it. Go ahead. And you take a look at it, uh, how many great quarterbacks are there in the NFC right now? Not Everything's many. in the AFC. So the route yeah. to the Super Bowl is easier here. The great quarterback, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts and he's on his way. He's done some tremendous things. You know that there's an up-and-comer, and guy, a guy like Justin Fields, and how much more that he can do now that the Bears are starting to fortify that team. But beyond that, I mean, the other, only other really truly good quarterback is that, what, Dak Prescott? And he hasn't won anything, Right. His coach is going over every play on every interception with him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I appreciate the phone call. I agree with you. Um, you. You may have to overpay to get him here, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things and you th- start to think about the teams in the NFC, it's Jalen Hurts, Bryce Young, who hasn't proven anything at Carolina, um, Kyler Murray in Arizona, he hasn't done anything. Everybody thinks San Francisco, San Francisco is going to be a tremendous team, but they don't have a quarterback. Um, does Matthew Stafford come back and does he play that much better? Or Geno Smith, you know, the kind of, kind of the comeback player of the year, so to speak. I mean, where else is there? Kirk Cousins is an incredibly solid quarterback, but you just don't know what they're going to be this year. Defensively, they weren't as good as they needed to be last year. The offense was fantastic, but they had so many come-from-behind wins, and it gave that team confidence. Don't get me wrong. They were completely the cardiac kids. They just couldn't do it in the postseason. When they faced uh, the the New York Giants again, New York kind of knew what they were going to have coming down the stretch, and they were able to beat them. So we don't have – I shouldn't say we because I don't play, but, um, you know, as fans, we don't have – a bevy of great quarterbacks anymore in the NFC. They're all in the AFC. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, Lamar Jackson, Joey Burrow. Um, you know, what they have, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Uh, I don't even consider, no, I'm not I'm not going with Denver, no. No, that's not happening anymore. Russell Wilson has, uh, I'm not going to say past his prime, but I am going to really reserve judgment on Russell Wilson until I see what he does this year with Sean Payton. Was it Nathaniel Hackett and ineptitude that caused that team to be such a train wreck in Denver? Or was it Russell Wilson, his attitude, his his obstinance, if you will? And was he the problem? So um, I'm going to reserve judgment. Russell Wilson doesn't really doesn't trip the trigger right now, to be honest with you. I have a question, yeah, Bill. Yeah, go in ahead. regards to Jordan Love. Yeah. Would would these numbers be at above or below 
what you expect. Uh, like, w- would this be considered a success? 2023 mm-hmm. season, Jordan Love, 64% of his passes, 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And that'd be disappointing. Because that's what Aaron Rodgers' stat line was last year. Yeah, that would be disappointing. It it really isn't out of the realm of possibility that he, he bests that easily. I What I look at is, and it's funny because I don't look at the touchdown versus interception. I look at the completion percentage. How many balls did you put in, in the capable hands of your receivers? And his per, completion percentage, you need to be about five points higher to be really – up there in that elite level, 64% is not that great. Now, granted, you can have young receivers and drops and whatever, but that to me would be if you're going to match what Rodgers did last year, that wasn't good enough to get you to the postseason. That's not going to be good enough to get you to the postseason this year. I I, I just wouldn't think so. Um, now, if you would say 67%, uh, 3,900 yards, 35 t- say 32 touchdowns, and say nine picks, that'll put you in the postseason, and that'd be a really good season to start off your career for Jordan Love. But I think at 64% completion percentage, which is kind of a number I look at, I don't think that gets you there. Not unless you have uh, – not unless Goody has hit – like Devontae Wyatt comes out and has a hell of a year. Van S pretty much picks up where Rashawn Gary left off. Rashawn Gary comes back. He's fighting for a job or fighting that rotation. And all three of those guys, including Preston Smith, are incredibly successful. Devontae Wyatt comes out and crushes it. I mean, all of that has to then happen, defensively speaking, for me anyway, for this team to have uh, success, for Jordan Love to be able to mask mistakes. Then I could say, okay, those numbers will be good. But the way it stands, I wouldn't think those numbers would put you in the postseason. So, do you, do you think they would? I th- uh, maybe, depending on the rest of the team. I I would lean towards no. Yeah, but it's it's interesting yeah. to think about when we speak of right. whether Green Bay will attract free agents, say, or going into the future and the draw around the team. Yeah, they're not going to play as many primetime games, but mm-hmm. it's not as if they had amazing quarterback play last year. Right. Those numbers no, are I, not going to be I challenging agree. for Love to beat. Right. I don't think. He should be expected to beat them. 877-867-1670. Your thoughts. Would those numbers be good enough, in your opinion, to put the Green Bay Packers in the postseason? 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. You can hit us. We'd be glad to chat with you. Phone lines wide open. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. We all know it's grilling season. It's coming up. And if you're going to be doing some grilling, nothing goes better than grilling than barbecue sauce or rubs or hot sauces. That is our friends at Burn Pit. They are based in Racine, Wisconsin. They are also veteran-owned, and they're one of the best veteran-owned businesses in the country. And it's all because of you, because you've paid attention to the program. You've given them a call. You've gone to the website, and you bought the product. And not only did you buy it, but you went, damn, this is the real deal. So check out our friends at Burn Pit, burnpitbbq.com. Again, burnpitbbq.com and see for yourself. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
know what it's like to have a quick trip in our own backyard. When you leave the state of Wisconsin, it is uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely a change. I'll tell you that right now. When uh, when you, you well, over the last two weeks, I've traveled quite a bit, and you're stopping at places with bathrooms that are disgusting. Uh, selection is poor. Food is packaged and left there for you know days and weeks. Not like Quick Trip, man, uh, where it's made fresh almost every day, and they have clean bathrooms, and everything is right there, whether it's bread, milk, eggs, butter, whatever it happens to be. And uh, the selection is fantastic. Uh, and right now, the best part about it is throughout uh, this uh, this summer, until May 31st anyway, throughout this summer, you could be the owner of a personal watercraft. Not one, but two of them. Because the iGogs people and Sea-Doo people have uh, teamed up, and you can win a pair of 2023 Sea-Doo Spark personal watercrafts just by going in and getting yourself some iGogs eyewear, including the neons, with your quick rewards card. And the prize package includes not one but two, yes, two, Sea-Doo Spark personal watercrafts, which I would love to have. Hell, I'd put one in my bathtub if I could. But uh, that being said, it's only a quick trip. And uh, like I said, uh, just quick trip itself. You don't appreciate it until you don't have it. And then all of a sudden, you cannot wait to get home to be a part of it again. And that's our friends from Quick Trip. And don't forget, use that quick rewards card. It is so, so, so worth it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout do it again, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Dwayne listening to us in Oshkosh. Dwayne, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Well, I'm looking at that beautiful spring backyard of yours there, Bill. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for, just... the, uh, for the for for the the backyard to open up uh, once the weather breaks. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much time. Great B. Uh, the only reason I gave it a B is because my dream guy was there. But then they wouldn't have got Tucker Craft. I really wanted Nick Kirby coming to coming to the Packers. I really wanted mm-hmm. to see that happen. Um, one of the things on this draft is if you look at some of these guys, you uh, let's take Don Kavian Wicks. You can't look at last year's film. They had a disaster of coordinator leaving offensive. Look at the year before. He destroyed mm-hmm. the ACC. He was that good. Uh, Musgrave, I think the our lads guys said it best. Without the knee injury, he's basically one or two with Kincaid, whichever way you look at. The difference being Kincaid can't block. He doesn't block. Yeah. Not, he, right. he doesn't, you know. Uh, you're, you're, Musgrave is big, strong, by the way, an all-time, uh, always been a Packer fan. I don't know if you caught that aspect. Um he, he actually, and don't forget, Musgrave ran the fastest 40 of any of the tight ends. So he can yeah, get downfield. 21 miles an hour. Yeah, he was he was incredibly fast. But 6'6", man, I can't, and he's got big hands and long arms. I mean, I, I, I don't want to oversell it, but, I, you know, you're right. Had it not been for the knee injury, he would have been more highly ranked. But it always scares me when you take somebody with a knee issue that's already had one. But then again, guys come back from knee injuries, and they're even better. Because everything yeah. gets kind of, quote, tightened up, for lack of a better term. You know, and here's the other thing. Everybody's cherry on top of the ice cream sundae was Darnell Washington. What happened to him? He fell to 93. Right. 93. And yep. the reason, uh, you know, and nobody knows why, but you've got two tight ends there 
that and, and listen to Kraft's. If you get a chance, go listen to Kraft's presser uh, about talking about blocking. <laughs> As he basically says, "I want to obliterate the guy that's on the other side of the line." So, mm-hmm. right. um, Clifford, pretty simple. They wanted a big house guy, somebody that would not. Don't. We lost him. Ben, was that on our end or his end? His end. His end. I, I would oh. never cut a collar off. No, I just figured maybe we had some kind of a, an issue with the phone system just died or something because that's happened before. But eh, okay, that could be the case. No, if okay. I want to cut you off, I start playing the Jaws music. <laughs> I make it very clear. Oh, uh, let's go back to the phone call. Let's talk to Chris listening to us in Brookfield. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good, Bill. I thought overall the draft was uh, pretty good. I you liked it? Uh, he got what he needed. I uh, thought he didn't overreach in the first round on a uh, wide receiver or tight end. Uh, I don't see what everybody's complaining about on the fifth round for a quarterback. I mean, who knows what he's actually going to grain out to be, but he came in on a preferred 30, and they must have liked what they saw. Mm-hmm. But what I think a lot of people aren't realizing that I think the guy you've got to watch out for this year is Torrey. I think he's going to come in and uh, actually – Play some ball because when Rogers did throw him the ball, yes. he didn't play it. Uh, Samari Torre, if he can come back and play extremely well, I'm, I I liked when I, I liked all three of the wide receivers. They all three had moments. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, until he went down with injury, he had moments. He became kind of a uh, a guy that Rogers began to trust. Torre, the same thing. Christian Watson, once he got back into rhythm after finally shaking off the hamstring and coming back from injury during the season, he started to play well. Maybe knock on wood that this this group kind of hits. But you still need another veteran that's going to kind of make it cohesive, that's going to bring it all together. But if you've got a pass-catching tight end, three wide outs that can catch the ball, you've got two stable running backs, and don't forget you can throw the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both out of the backfield. You've got an, uh, an offensive line that's now stable. They're not banged up. They're not playing on pitch counts and such. Maybe maybe I'm talking myself into it. Maybe this thing – appreciate the phone call. Maybe this thing will end up better than – than what my thought process is. And, and, again, the only the only X factor you throw down in all of this, the only card in all of this would then be how good is Jordan Love? Is Jordan Love that cat, yes or no? Uh, 877-867-1670. Paul says, I wonder how good uh, Joe Barry's run defense is going to be against the Lions' run game. Let's just hope that Joe Barry's defense is – a little more aggressive. Is that a good way to put it? I think more, a little more aggressive than what we saw last year. Last year, watching them die death by a thousand cuts was not uh, was not the way to go. It just it was painful at times to watch. And when the offense didn't help them out, they went right back on the field, and then they're back at it again. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm hoping they get out of the conservative type of play that they had last year. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, Thomas says Joe Barry is the big question mark. That that could possibly be as well. 
I wouldn't necessarily argue that fact. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers, if you've got an engagement you're ready for, if you've got a party coming up and maybe you're going to buy some gifts for the wedding, the bride and groom, whatever, groomsmen, bridesmaids, uh, maybe you've got just an anniversary coming up, whatever it happens to be, there is a reason so many people, so many Wisconsinites are going to West Bend, Wisconsin. That is for Kane and Kane Jewelers, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com. Andy Kane, he has the Buy Like a Guy podcast, which is fantastic. Just go to KaneJewelry.com. You can scroll down. You can subscribe to the podcast. But in addition to that, they have fantastic jewelry, and they treat you right. You can set up an appointment. You can go in and take a look, or you can just stop by, walk through the showroom, see all the different things that there are there they have to offer, and then kind of make a decision from there. But uh, great people and an even better place. That's Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. for the program, but for the fine um, sign that they had made for the program, which I'm excited about, right over my shoulder here. And if you notice, the Bill Michaels show, right into the neon. I've never had my name in neon before, so that's kind of cool. So thanks to our friends at Point Brewing, uh, based out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, plenty of different beverages to offer, and uh, they are local. Shop local. There you have it. 877-867-1670. Now, I got a question over on Twitter, and, and Ben, maybe you can help me out here, but um, uh, Mirage84 says, I uh, love the draft, but I have a question. You keep saying the Packers have tons of cash next year, but I keep seeing that they're strapped again. Ken Engel saying that they are $34 million over right now. Can we confirm what you said? I'd love to have you be right. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Sport Track, which is what a lot of people tend to use. Uh, for the 2024 season, as of right now, if you update it, the 2024 season shows their cap space for 2024 right now at 16.12. Uh, but there's other contracts that are going to be coming off. That's because you got David Bakhtiari that's going to have a dead cap hit of 19, but his cap hit overall is 40, which means you'll get $20 million back if he's not here anymore. You would assume that there could be some other adjustments, including Jordan Love, Jair Alexander. Uh, before it's all said and done, that you can make some additional moves there as well. Now, with uh, over the cap, if you look at the over the cap adjustment, uh, the Green Bay Packers have, uh, via their adjustments, will be sitting at uh, 38.3 million of, of uh, available space and possibly another 20-something million in uh, adjusted cap, which could give them then 68 million in cap space. So I don't see where they're over the cap. Now I I have I don't look at it like Ken Engel's done, baby. He's got something else there that I haven't seen or adjusted for. Um but I'm that's just kind of what I'm saying. Um he says the 
the top 51 salary cap space current. Um, says that they would be then the effective total salary cap start of the regular season, uh, 30.4 million that would be available. He says they're over the cap. I take that back. He says they're over the cap going into 2024. There's going to be a cap increase. Love's fifth-year option. Rashawn Gary will be extended. Uh, the draft class is no other move, no extension. Packers are roughly $30.4 million over the cap going into 2024. Uh, I Maybe we can get Ken on and explain kind of what he's going through. He's talking about the salary cap revenue for last year and upcoming estimated salary cap increase this year or for next year, which would be about $31 million. Um I... The Rashawn Gary extension is going to kick in. Jordan loves fifth-year option, twenty million. Um, yeah, he'd have to go through all of this. The 20, top fifty-one salary cap space after the league year starts would be a negative nineteen million two hundred seven thousand. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't quite follow all of this. I'd have to go through it. I, I apologize for doing this on the air, but. According to the two salary cap trackers going into next season, that's what would be available. So he's taking something else into consideration that the others aren't. I just simply go to the 2024 current roster for the Green Bay Packers. You click update for 2024. You look at the overall salary cap and the salary cap space. It says the estimated space is $16.11 million on Sport Track. And the over the cap, the base salary at $256 million on a guesstimate for the Green Bay Packers, they would have $54.2 million in salary cap space. So I, I don't, I'd have to go look at it because it's that is drastically – you're talking about a difference of $60 million. So I'd have to go take a look at it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Ben, when you look at Ken Engel's post, do you get it? Do you get what he's trying to point out here? Is there something that I'm missing? I mean, I, I haven't gone through all of it, but with a big Gary extension, that is not what the website is taking into account. Correct. With Love being on the books then for the fifth-year option, which I think is around $20 million. Right. That's another piece of it. And then the draft class as well. Okay. But I don't know. I'm not a yeah. salary cap expert. I, I mean, clearly there will there are guys that are on the roster now that won't be at that point. Probably right. Bakhtiari. Yeah. Some of the other You're big gonna, money makers. Well, that's just it. You're going to – I mean, I don't know if he's taking that into consideration. He's looking at the, the, total, the total group. And then Rashawn Gary's estimated extension of $22 million. Jordan Love being on the books for $20 million and going from there. And, again, he's uh, – now they could just make the base salary very minimal and roster bonuses and such and change that around. But uh, I see what he's saying, I guess, when you look at all of that, but I don't think it's going to come out to that. I think there's going to be some kind of – some some adjustment, we'll say, that will happen. Uh, they, they should have money. I mean, they'll have money next year. And I would assume that David Bakhtiari – 
would not be a part of this team, that they'll have 19 19000000 million in dead cap space, but rather than paying, which would be the cap hit for him, which would be $40.4 million, you're going to gain almost $21 million back, or at least $20.5 million back in that alone, which would cover something else, like Rashawn Gary's extension, so you're back to nil. But if you're taking everything into consideration for what you have right now, yeah, I can see that. All right, let's do this. we got another hour yet to go. We're going to hear from Brian Gutekinds. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more coming up. By the way, behind me, the window behind me, that's because the white balance in the camera is not fixed properly. Just an FYI. So uh, this, uh, here real quick, that's what's behind me. There you go. For those watching on the live stream, That's the shot outside the window. No snow here. Thank God. Thank God. No snow. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 